Welcome to this series of Above the Shoulders, a special podcast series presented by Runners.com. Above the Shoulders explores the importance of mental health, looking at how mental health affects different individuals and the role exercise has in supporting our well-being. Today's episode is hosted by Rick Mirabella, and this week he's joined by Harry Summers. Harry is an elite athlete. He is the current City to Surf record holder here in Australia and has represented Australia in 5,000 metre and 10,000 metre events. Harry has achieved this while battling OCD and alcohol addiction, overcoming both and in the process spreading his own message about mental health. Harry believes strongly in the need to speak up, seek help and share with others when you're finding things tough. This podcast does deal with topics that may cause some listeners to feel distressed. For Australian listeners, immediate support is available from Lifeline at 13 11 14, or you can access support from Beyond Blue or Headspace, and those details are in the show description. For those overseas, please seek support from your local area. And now, let's begin. Today we have, I'll tell you what, I've had a couple of Olympians on this show before, but I'm not sure I've had, he'll be very embarrassed me saying this, but a more elite athlete on the show today. He's uh, a 751 man for 3,000, 1334 for 5,000, and he recently was a world champ selection unfortunately pulled out due to illness over the last couple of weeks for the 10,000 um, Australian rep our only runner in the 10,000 he's got an amazing story to tell and um, his stories inspired me greatly just from reading it so listen to the man I think is going to inspire you and and again the whole point of this series in October is just to um, open up the dialogue and really kick the stigma that is mental health conversation and I love um, this young fella's hashtag is it ain't weak to speak and I I love that um, so much so I welcome to Runners Radio on Above the Shoulders special mental health series Harry Summers. G'day mate. Yeah thanks for coming in mate. Now how's the first time we've met in person we've been speaking off and on for a few months and um He's uh, he is one of the greats. You heard my times there. He's got a long way to go. I think he's 29 currently, eh, mate? Yeah. 29, 29 years of age. He's, um, the times for those listeners that aren't too ahead of, um, too across the, the racing times are elite at the very pointy end. Those three on the track, the 3,000, 5,000 and 10,000, he's 27.54. He ran this year. He ran all those this year. Very diverse tracks. The 10,000 was at Peyton Jordan, which is a very... Um, famous American 10,000 metre race. The 5,000, the 13.34 in Dublin, so we'll go through all that later. And the 7.51 was at Box Hill Athletic Track. Home home, home track. His home deck where he trains out with Stephen Deneen out there, which is magnificent. He's also ran some uh, great races on the road, a 63.34 all the way back in Gold Coast, and that's got a bit of a story around it. We'll talk about that later. And the 2.21 marathon in 2014. Now... We'll talk about the future the last 15 minutes, so we'll get into that. Harry is, as you can um, imagine, one of the great runners in Australia right now, and I'd probably have him as number one in the 10,000 and and definitely top five or six in the five. He is a great man, and we're going to get into that, his journey, because as always on this show, there's a a much more important meaning um, behind our guests, the Above the Shoulders series. Harry's story, um, I've got no doubt, over the last nine months since it became public, is 
would have saved tens of thousands of lives and definitely helped more than that because just myself reading it helped me. So I was hell-bent on getting Harry on this show in particular. But first, before we get into all that stuff, buddy, tell us about a young Harry Summers growing up, your sporting pursuits, because we are big on not specialising, especially in our young distance runners. So tell me about you, mate, growing up in Sydney. Um, okay, so I was um, brought up in Maroubra. Um Maroubra Beach, uh, so um, I loved, you know, loved going down to the beach and and uh, having a bit of a surf. Um, but uh, my main sport when I was younger was uh, playing soccer because I come from a uh, English background. My parents are English, and um, my dad's like a fanatic um, Premier League supporter. So, you know, I was, I was, I was, um, I think I was destined to kind of go into soccer <laughs> as a younger age but um I went through playing soccer and then um uh I think I was around 16 or 17 um I took up running to just to get uh my fitness up for for the off season in in soccer so um I did that and I joined up with um uh, uh, uh Sean Williams uh Sweat Sydney where he was based in uh, Centennial Park, um, and yeah, just the journey just started from there, um, and uh, yeah. So yeah, that's a pretty good assessment. That he's, you notice, listeners, that he he wasn't um, running eighty k a week as a thirteen year old. He wasn't um, committing all his time to the track, which we're big on, especially in in endurance sports, particular, especially with physiologies. Just says we just need to not specialise if we can. And mm. even having that soccer focus is so good for so many aspects yeah. of your nervous system, yeah. multi-planner movements, all yeah. those kind of stuff, apart from strength endurance and these kind of things. Yeah. Um, and apart from more, most important is the connectivity with, with the, your teammates mm. and that kind of mm. stuff. Um, in Sydney and Brisbane, soccer is definitely the most aerobic sport there is, obviously mm. in the southern states and, and yeah. out west we've got the Aussie rules, which which obviously, so both of those two sports really marry in well yeah. to yeah. distance running, hence you find that that focus and obviously found something you were bloody good at. Yeah. When did you know, how old were you when you, you realised, geez, I've got a bit of talent here and I, this could take me a lot further? Um, well, when I first started out training with Sean, um, uh, I, I rocked up and and I uh, had my uh, soccer boots on, and uh, <laughs> I was, um, I was, I did the, I think I did the warm up, and that was about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I thought, oh, this is pretty easy, and then didn't realise that we were, you know, going to hit up uh, some like real hard 1k reps, and and I started out with um, the top uh, runners in the country at, at start in the session, and. Um, <laughs> I hit the wall um, halfway in the session, but still uh, managed to finish it. And um, after the session, um, I was—I thought it was the toughest thing I've ever done. Um, but Sean come up to me and said, "Look, I—I I, I loved your attitude and um, your guts that you put into it, and I think you've got a—you've got a lot of potential." So um, he said, "Keep coming back, and we'll see how you go." And so I was. I carried on for you know a few, uh, a few more weeks, and um, gradually each week I was getting fitter, and I was able to keep up with some of the best runners in Australia in training. And um, Sean Sean told me, look, um, I think you could be the next best best thing. Um, 
uh, Nex Mottram and Craig Mottram and um, really um, give it a uh, big crack. Um, but you're going to have to decide on one discipline. Either you want to uh, carry on the soccer or, or you want to take up the running for um, um, to make it as a profession. So I decided... Um, uh, I sat down with my parents and I decided to take on the running because it was a, it was a massive. Um, I think the running was was great also for my for my mental health, and um, that's that's one of the reasons also that I um, pursued that that career and that, and that running. You knew pretty early that it was it was having a positive effect on your day to day living, yeah, and the yeah. con- the continuity of of your mental health was yeah. was no doubt concurrent with your, your running as well. Yeah, yeah, And sure. if you could get a session in the morning and then obviously yeah. a PM maybe at that level, yeah. you knew that the day was better. That's, yeah. So seventeen eighteen, which is which is about right for yeah. starting to specialise or even a yeah. bit earlier. But, mate, amazing. Now, those 1K reps, the listeners, you did hear that right. He did do the whole session in footy boots, yes? Yeah. What a bloody boots, legend. Yeah. <laughs> the only bloke to ever do 1K reps in footy boots, <laughs> I reckon. But they, that is extremely good. So as I knew he had a talent pretty early um, and running is the type of sport that you do need so much courage and determination for. So he's got both of those two things in spades and Sean now is a local fellow. He's a lovely guy from Melbourne here now. He obviously saw straight away your determination yeah. and obviously ability but determination for at the forefront because mm. in a few weeks to be keeping up with some of the best guys yeah. in the nation. Yes, and uh, um, I think it was about a year after that I made my first ever Australian team and went went over to the Middle East and I competed for my country um, and I got top 20, top 30 um, in the world. Um, uh, so um, that was that was fantastic um, um, experiencing that, uh, representing my country and, um, and yeah, it just uh, kind of went from there. Now you, you have won the national colours a few times uh, big hazard. Yep. Of course, um, Glasgow Commonwealth Games, World Cross this year, which is a, it's it's hugely prestigious. Doesn't get much attention in the mainstream yeah. media. I think it's coming yeah. to Bathurst in a couple of years, and that'll be mm. that'll hopefully be quite big in Australia. Yeah, but, yeah that'll be massive. Yeah. Um, and of course, Oceania champion as well this year in Townsville. So yeah. you have won the green and gold a few times, but more, more importantly, and I believe definitely your, your biggest honour so far has been the World Champs quals. Um, has to be one of them right up there. To qualify yeah. for a World Champs is not easy, listeners. Yeah. And this man in front of me did that. Um, unfortunately, a respiratory infection um, put him out of it. Uh, as you know, you can't run with um, lungs full of crap. Yeah. And, and the great man got crook at the wrong time, but all it's going to make him is stronger and better for te- yep. the next decade. Tokyo has to be the main goal. We'll talk about the future next um, in the next half hour. But yep. clearly this man is good enough to be an Olympian and, and definitely, yeah, top five, top ten Olympian as well. Yep. Um, so that, that's continued on. So we're probably, what are we, like 20, what are we there, about 2010, 2011 start to be yeah, under, under 20 uh, national? Yeah, yeah, around, not, yeah. Um, I was, yeah, 19, I was... I was um, I made my first Australian team, yeah. So you're running strong. It's, yeah. it's 09, 10, life... Or, this is now your future. Yeah. Um, from a studying and work perspective, is have you just gone all in on the distance? Um, so I was working um, from when I was about twenty to uh, I was twenty six, yep. and I was like training and and on and off. But um, yeah, so I moved down to Melbourne two years ago now, and I was working uh, here as a 
um, window cleaner and um, I decided to, you know, really give it a big crack and, and yeah, I went all in. Um, started studying massage and, uh, yeah, um, I figured that doing massage therapy would be, would, would allow me to uh, have flexible hours and where I could do my training and, and um, you know, support my running. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess on that note now, like, it's, my therapy is not an easy gig physically, mm. so he, um, the, the blokes that has his running against on the track, uh, most of those fellas aren't going to be working with their hands like yeah. you are, mate. So ideally in the next <coughs> few years, we can get the sponsorship and the support yeah. around you that you don't have to do that because mm. gone are the days of Bannister, Landy and yeah, all, like yeah. Herb Alley, all these guys working flat out, yeah. doctors, teachers, tradies yeah. even, and then going and running yeah. 355, 358 yeah. miles. So we need in this professional day and age yeah. to support our athletes more, I feel, yeah. and um, someone of your calibre over the next decade, yeah. we really need that yeah. um, support. So hopefully we can work on that, but that's probably a story for another day. Hmm. Tell me your 19, 20, 21. Um, now, we have spoken, so we yeah. know, but tell the listeners with the, the mental health and We'll just touch on this stuff over the next five or six minutes and continue on. Um, when did you know, I guess, when were you diagnosed with um, OCD and, and whatever else it may be? And then when was when was the, the period where you go, geez, this is, I've got to get this under control? Um, so I was diagnosed with uh, OCD when I was nine years old. Um, and I always uh, struggled in, um, in school and with, um, with my OCD. It, it um, it um, was always like affecting my classwork and um, and the teachers thought that I was you know just you know couldn't couldn't sit still as a as a as a kid but um, the actual OCD was was getting me you know I was having to do these rituals and get off 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 my seat from the desk and and uh, go outside and but um, in saying that so I was nine years old and. Um, I yeah I got diagnosed and and so I had to battle with that um, seeing counselors um, once a week um, and I got put on um, uh, medication for it um, but I think um, like during the time when I was doing HSC um, that was that was probably when it was at its worst and and that was at the same time I, I, I took up my running and and when I went I've uh, started running i definitely saw a massive um difference in my anxiety and uh depression with with studies and and um and and with the hsc so that was another reason why i carried on my running um but yeah so then i went into i think you know my 20s and i, I first started you know going out um socializing and I think the first time I went out um, and I was, you know, pretty nervous, but as soon as I had that first beer, it kind of, uh, you know, took that nervousness away and that social anxiety away, and I was, um, you know, a real confident person. So obviously uh, the alcohol um, turned, uh, changed the way I was and um, and I, you know, liked the fact that, you know, it, it was taking away that um, anxiety, um, but um, I thought it was he um, helping at the time. But uh, gradually, the 
the alcohol addiction progressively got worse and um, was was um, making my anxieties and OCD a lot worse and and I was I was struggling to train I couldn't I couldn't string together um, you know a couple of months of training um, and yeah I think like I've, I've performed at a top level with battling with this uh, with the alcohol addiction and OCD but um, it was I think it was um, you know at the time I definitely thought that you know um, it, it wasn't a problem um, until I think two years ago when when I decided to give it up yep thanks so much um, Harry that's yeah look for the listeners um, look, I've never spoke about this either um, with anyone apart from my wife and a couple of friends but I also have got OCD so I can understand Harry's um, it's not what you see in Hollywood it's certainly not all mm. the I've got to clean things five to yeah, yeah. it's it's so much more than that yeah. intrusive thoughts um, and it's not it's certainly not um, pleasant mm. and it does consume so mm. for someone who has performed at such a high level for so long to be going through that number yeah. one now the alcohol yes it's it, it's definitely a masking agent yeah. and then you can but unfortunately it does make everything 10 yeah. times worse yeah, does, the yeah. next day and obviously that week and yeah. and i can certainly um agree with that as well but you got to remember harry's done some of this stuff so how mentally tough is this man in front of me to be running um, at some of the peak of his drinking, 63.34 for the half and a 2.21 marathon. Now, that was, there was some pretty loose times in there, wasn't there? Like yeah, you yeah. So some pretty loose times. Give the listeners an idea of just how bad, I guess, the weekday drinking got and then you're trying to run and train mm. and, and race at yeah. that kind of level against blokes that, let's be fair, income. some of these blokes wouldn't have touched a beer in 12 months. Yeah, um, so... Uh, at, at, when I first started drinking, it, it wasn't a massive issue. It progressively, progressively got worse. But um, I would just, um, you know, I would train during the week, um, and then I would go um, socialising and drinking on the weekends. Uh, and I was still able to back up um, on a Saturday morning session and and do my Sunday long run with a hangover. Um, so I was getting through it, but then. I think as the uh, years well years went by, I was starting to drink every day, and um, I would I would try to keep my my alcohol um, to around six beers, five beers a day, and then um, have a big one on Thursday after after the session. Um, so I'd have a Friday to recover, um, and then get back into it for Saturday and Sunday, but. Um, it was constantly on my mind, and 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 at the time, um, I actually thought it helped me train harder because I would get out there training hard, and then I would reward myself, and I th- think I would reward myself with um, with drinking. Um, so yeah, it w- it was tricking, it, it was playing tricks on me. Um, but um, I think yeah, I was still I was still able to get through the training doing that, um, and but. Yeah, just as the years went on progressively, it was making my mental health a lot worse. Um, it was making my anxiety a lot worse. And and it just, you know, it, it I hit a stage where I couldn't really do day-to-day um, uh, stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. It's pretty common. Um, 
and I can definitely relate, the continuity of training is what we talk about so often, but the continuity of partying will definitely compound as well. Mm. And you can juggle them for five, six years, sometimes longer. Yeah. And what you said about rewarding yourself is so bloody true. Mm. Um, you can smash yourself on the track, even a double, a hard trip or whatever, yeah. and then you can go on a, on a yeah. 16, 24-hour bender. Yeah. I can relate to all that. Massive, um, Massively courageous big fella. Tell me about um, the where it all came to a head tell the listener about where it all came to a head and I guess those first few months around just trying to get a bit of yourself back without that having that in your life anymore like the drinking I'm talking about now um, so two years ago um, I so I moved down to Melbourne um, uh, two years ago to follow Sean Williams um, so my, my my current coach like the first coach I went to he moved down to Melbourne and I was struggling to, you know, train with other groups and, you know, because I had such a great relationship with Sean. So I decided to move down with uh, my best mate, uh, Barry Carey, and we we moved um, location and, and decided to really um, give training a really uh, awesome go. and. Um, yeah, so started training with Sean again, and I was telling myself, okay, I moved down to Melbourne, I'm gonna give this a massive crack, and um, I gotta knock the drink on the head, I gotta stay focused, and because um, um, I wanna make it to Olympics, so I've gotta do this. And so I got, got down here, I was training with him for four weeks, and um, I stayed off the booze, was, was able to stay off the booze and get in about 28, 20 shape for 10K, and um, I headed overseas and I ran that time, um, but during the race I got a, a back injury and um, that put me out after the after the race to to carry on training and race Zadipik. But um, yeah, so I got back to Melbourne and um, I carried on, got went back on the drink and because I was injured and you know um, and. Yeah, it just started all over again, and um, I uh, got in a car and I was drink driving, um, and I crashed into a pole, uh, which um, was yeah a terrible time. Um, but yeah, um, I was grateful that I got out the the crash without any um, injuries, um, um, and um, yeah, so. I, I got arrested um, and um, <coughs> I got sectioned for um, being uh, suicidal and depressed um, and then got out of that um, and just carried on drinking and getting into trouble and then I got arrested I think it was twice in one week with uh, drinking disorderly um, and then uh, um, actually Sean um s- stepped up and he said all right um we're gonna have to really give you get you some professional help and um he he got me to talk to a counselor and um and drove me down to aa meetings and um so i started to attend uh my first aa meeting i think it was uh it was 2000 and 18 I think and um, yeah I, f- 
I attended my first AA meeting and um, and just walked in there and said, look, you know, I was listening to everyone in the in the in the room and they were telling their stories and and they they pointed over to me and they told me to get up and in and tell my story and I told my story and and that you know I was I was just you know had enough of drinking and and um, it you know it was destroying my life so well, that's where it all started um, and then somebody saw you know somebody sitting in the in the room saw my uh, listened to my story and he went and sponsored me um, through the 12 steps in AA um, and yeah it uh, started off I had to I had to attend a meeting every day for three months and call my sponsor up every day um, to tell him how I was going um, and yeah um, I was you know I think after the car crash and and getting arrested twice it was just a massive build up and and that was my rock bottom and and I definitely uh, I felt like I had to do something about it because um, it was either it was either gonna destroy my life or kill me so um, yeah definitely I definitely I think they, they they say you have to go through your rock bottom and to get through um, those you know to move on and that was definitely my rock bottom but yeah Mate, yeah, thanks so much. I, I knew that story. I didn't know some of it actually, um, but most of it, like you've you've opened up to Jared Clifford, did a yeah, magnificent yeah. interview and a few other people before. But that was, um, yeah, and you can see, listeners, how how um, courageous just to actually pull the pin and on it and say, no, no, I've got to arrest this now mm. because um, twenty seven at the time, it could have mm. easily gone for another five six years, oh, and yeah. people do, yeah. and people just say, like you said, they might get on the on the wagon for a month or two yeah. and then they'll so yeah. to have the courage and the determination to say no no i'm going to um sort this issue out right yeah. now um you're not just dealing with the alcoholism yeah. either you're dealing with with the ocd which is yeah. daily it doesn't yeah. doesn't go away yeah. um well that, that that because the ocds and uh, you know obsession i think that went into 100 alcohol 100 and, and it um, does mate yeah, yeah so. but now you got it back into athletics yeah. and distance yeah. running and, and your own mental and physical health yeah. which is which is what a lot of the stuff we want to talk about now in the next 20 minutes, just about, I guess, the future in athletics for you, which is unbelievably um, positive. And also your daily strategies, your weekly strategies. Um, look, if, if you ever do feel like a drink again, like what happens there? Or with the OCD stuff day to day, do you just train and, and your normal mindfulness type stuff getting you through? So I guess day to day, just take listeners through what you would do from when you wake to when you go to bed, an average day in the life of Harry Summers, and if things creep in, how do you deal with them? Because no doubt there's going to be people at home in a very similar boat to you. Um, well, I think it's very important to to realise you've got a problem. We, um, that's that's the first thing you've got to do. It, um, if you're going for any um, alcohol addictions or drug addictions, you've got to actually truly um, tell, be honest with yourself and... and and you've got to real, realise that you've got a uh, problem because a lot of the time I just went through life and I thought, no, nah, no, nah, everyone does this and I haven't got an issue. Um, and another thing is I think you've got to, um, you've got to surrender. So you've got to surrender yourself and you're, and you're willing to do anything to, to get right again. Um, uh, and I think AA um, definitely taught me that and I think it's probably, it was probably one of the best things that I did um, 
for my drinking. Um, but also it taught me a lot about uh, how to be a better person and and to and to deal with the addiction as well. Um, I think like when I'm around social situations now and, and people are drinking, um, it it does sometimes come into my head um, to have a drink, but I just remember I just remember the bad times and what it put me through, and just my you know progression and, and where I am today. You know I'm happy. I'm my mental health is 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 um, great, and you know I'm able to um, get the knocks and come back. You know so that's a massive thing. Um, I, I did definitely realise when I was drinking if I got a knock or you know something happened it would be more of an issue and I would just go back to drink. So I definitely um, more, you know, I think it's going through those issues and going through those bad times has made me tougher. And, um, you know, I'm definitely, you know, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, you just got to remind yourself every day, um, take it take it a day at a, at a time and just remind yourself that, you know, um, you know, just one day at a time that everything's, you know, good. That's perfect, Taz. And it's just look, the continuity of your training is, is yeah. very important. If you, like, you've been sick the last month, yeah, um, very sick in the lungs, and obviously, Mr. World Champs, you're in here talking to me today. Like, yeah. you got you, you're such a good bloke. You've, yeah, some people that would have put him down mentally for uh, mm. like for six months now. Yeah, what are your tactics been the last three or four weeks with dealing with that kind of stuff? Um, that's a question we've had. And a lot of these um, questions we've had noticed, by the way. <laughs> look, I think you know, um, I've, I've, in my own own experience, I've been through. Um, I feel like I've been through um, a lot worse. And um, in life, I've found that you know running's not you know not everything. And there's more to life than just um, just running. And 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 it's about helping others and helping people. And um, I think like um, I'm content and and happy in in where i am in life so i think when a bad performance does come and um you know or i have to um pull out of a world champs or a major championship um i just remind myself you know look um you know where i've come and my progression and and um and yeah just just feel grateful that i'm able to run and i'm and i've and and happy yeah that's perfect mate that's magnificent. So stuff we talk about quite often there um, with Harry Summers, we speak about this daily, um, obviously on these shows and and obviously within our with our athletes and and anybody worth their salt as a as a coach or a, any kind of uh, leader would be talking about gratitude and helping others. And I think most people have figured out that's the secret to happiness anyway, um, and just to be contentment. Uh, and the running is secondary. Uh, yes, you are a hugely elite athlete, and yes, we we want to see you do some amazing things, and we will see you over the next two or three Olympiads. But it's um, first and foremost happiness and contentment, and the ability to just be with yourself and be happy within yourself day to day. And gratitude is number one, and the fact you spoke about helping others, which is just and just being being there for others. When and you you are a very easy person to talk to. So if, if you're talking so much about your stuff, then people are going to feel very comfortable 
talking to you or just talking to somebody else because they've heard you talk, which is which leads me to your hashtag, which is just so so important. And it is is it am I right in saying it ain't weak to speak? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it ain't weak to speak. Like I mean, I always thought, um, you know, growing you know growing up and. I, I didn't talk about my issues and pr- um, problems and um, I thought it was, you know, it was weak and, um, you know, I didn't think it was tough to talk about it, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely not weak to talk about it. I think it, it, it takes you more courage and, and more strength to talk about it and to, and to walk into a pub and, and order a water in front of all footy players and and rugby players and and to 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 say how you're feeling to to talk about your your problems because um, you will find that um, if people don't want to hear what you say, then you know they're not your friends or they're not people that you it's worth hanging around. So um, if you're truly honest, you will find um, the right people and the the right support and. And you, your mental health will will get better. And it's so true about the people around you. They're not going to care. Like if, if they love you and they want the best for you, they're not. Then and, and certainly, um, taken me a long time to realise that as well. But no one will. Uh, everyone will just think think much higher of you, and they want to help you. Like everyone, and you do the same for them. Exactly the same. And to have the courage like that is to, to be able to talk and in a media forum, which Harry has for the last nine or so months, is um is really, really powerful. And I said at the start of the show, um, the amount of lives he's gonna change just by doing this interview is um, is unbelievable and and a very selfless thing to do. But um, that's just what we, we wanted. Like people now are aware of um, talking and beyond blue and it's okay not to be okay and, and all these things. And we, we have those in the show notes as always. If this is this show has been has brought up anything for you, please beware. Those guys are always on the other end of the line. So if you feel like you, you got no one in your close group, make a phone call and book in because it's, it's that, there's that many good people out there. We're gonna we're gonna move on to some of the more um, athletic pursuits now, buddy. Um, but just my last thing on that is it, it probably has made you as an athlete as well. Like over the next decade, like you will be you're a mentally tough beast, and you will certainly, like you said. What's running? Like what's a, what's a, what's twenty five laps? Yeah. At, at, mm. at do you know what I mean? At mm. at twenty seven minute pace. Yeah. If you can go through what you've gone through, yeah. Like what's twenty five laps? Mm. So I'm obviously one of your biggest fans, but I reckon most of Australia are going to start to hear about you. I know the guys in the athletics world do already, but um, coming up as we build up now, you got a big six months ahead of you. Fill the listeners in on what you've got coming up because this is when I, I didn't know about this till last week, and I'm I'm pumped for you. Um, so I've decided to um, leave my current coach here and, and join up with Renato Canova. Um, he's a Italian coach who coaches uh, Sandre Mohan, who's the fastest non-African marathon runner ever. Um, and I will be travelling over to Italy um, in two weeks' time to train um, with Sandre and Renato. That's five weeks leading into Zadepec. Um And then... In late December, I'll be travelling over to Kenya um, for four and basing myself there for four months um, to to the lead up to the London Marathon. Yeah, next year. Yeah. 
So Canova, for those listeners um, that don't know him, is oh, he's definitely been one of my idols for 10, 15 years. And he's certainly, from a coaching perspective, he'd be one of the top two or three in the world. Definitely, we, we're on the road, I believe he's the best, he's the best marathon coach in the world. Um, so Harry, for him to take Harry on board, he's, he's unbelievable for one. Like It just shows how, how much ability and the ceiling. I think yeah. the ceiling's so, so far still for you, mate. So with Canova... Uh, working his magic and look he, he's some of his some of his methodologies it's different it's unique and it's really good and mm. and still um unfortunately probably not, not enough people follow his methodology so you respond well to that type of stuff i guess we'll work backwards from canova and just go a bit on some of your methodology of the last two or three years what do you find to run the the 2750 odd what what got you in that shape what works for you because we're all different responders to different types of stimulus what works for you um as you're at like, i know you're a long way from your best yet let me t- let, give us an average week what would be your ideal sessions that get the best out of harry summers um well at the moment i would um i'm basing myself in Templestowe, um which is a, a really hilly area <laughs> Um, and uh, pretty much every run is is just roll you know on an incline and and is a lot of strength. But my key sessions would be um, eight times one k on a Tuesday. Now, Thursday would be a threshold, and then Saturday would be um, a tempo and hills. So. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So. So three workouts a week, every week. Yeah. Um, three workouts a week, and uh, then a long run. So it's on a long run, which is about thirty k, and um, yeah, that's that's very important, I think. Um, but yeah, um, I'm training with Andrew White um, at the moment, so he's um, he's looking after me at the moment before I head over to Renato. Um, but yeah, um, it's basically, uh, you know, one session a week's on the track, um, one session's on the trail and, uh, the other session's on hills. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that would look quite similar to a lot of Westerners and the way, the way we would do things. Um, the three workouts for someone of your level is, is, is a lot, but it's quite standard in the long run, of course. And about one, 160 a week. Yeah. 160k (laughs) a week. And so... That would mean what? How many other like seven, eight easy jogs a week on top of that? Yeah, um, Monday would be like uh, two runs. Um, Tuesday would be a morning run and then session. Uh, Wednesday. So the workouts in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Yeah, yep. and then Wednesday will be uh, uh, just one run, long run. Thursday morning run and then session in the afternoon. Friday just one run and then Saturday session in the morning, run in the afternoon. And then the long run. Sunday long yeah. run, yeah. yeah. So pretty sta- standard, about your 11, 12 runs a week. Yeah. Um, any other strength work, miscellaneous work, extras? I, I do a bit of core work, but um, I, I'm just building on that at the moment. But, yeah, um, I think doing the massage um, helps yeah. a, bit, a, bit of, a bit with the core right. work as well. Jesus, so, tough gig. Um, but, yeah, like the, the training that Renato gives... Um, so I met him overseas in Europe um, when I did a when I did the 10k in Oslo and I ran 27:55 and 
he he was the one that um, organised the race and and um, was trying to get his his runner Sandre Moen to qualify for World Champs in the 10k. And um, so he contacted Nick Bideau and Nick um, didn't and asked him, do you have any um, top 10K runners? And so um, Nick said, yeah. Um, and then contacted me and, and asked me, would I be able to w- w- you know, go over to, to Europe and do a fast 10K, fast 5K and 10K? I said, yeah, no worries. Um, so um, I went over and did the 10K and Renato Canova and Sandre took me out for dinner. And uh, I got chatting to them and and just about like what they're doing for training and and where they base themselves and and um, they said you know they were telling me like they base themselves in Kenya and they, and they're at high altitude all year round and they come down for racing and and um, Canova said look if if you really want to give it your best shot and get the best out of yourself you're going to have to train with the best and and um, and um, follow you know the, the the best program. So I definitely had a thought. I uh, definitely got back and I had a chat to Whitey, my current coach, and um, a few training partners, and they said, "Yeah, go for it. Um, it's an opportunity of a lifetime." I think um, at the moment, um, you know, I'm, I'm always on the improve. So. Um, to train with the Kenyans and to find out their, you know, what they do in training and their philosophy. Um, Renato's philosophy is that there is no such thing as a wall in a marathon it, it, um, if you train if you've trained the right way. And so he likes to he likes to cover the um, marathon distance in training, and he does sessions. Um, in a long run, so he'll give he'll do a long run, but with intervals and reps in the long run. So a typical session from Renato will be a 5k warm up, then four times 7k at marathon pace with a 1k flute float in between the 7k, um, and then a 5k cooldown, which makes about 40k, and then he has about five days recovery um and then gets them on a new cycle so they're doing long runs but with efforts in the long run um which really makes sense for me um i don't see the point of running a long run um if you're not working on that marathon pace and that race simulation so um yeah it's definitely uh opened my eyes to a new new philosophy and new training program and and really looking forward to it Thanks for going deep into Renato's. Oh, I've definitely um, definitely used a lot of his stuff over the last decade, especially with the top end. Like the, because I, you need to, it needs, especially in that nine to 12 week specific phase, you need to be, yeah. you need to be working at pace or even 105% of pace. Yeah. Like it, Renato has a lot of stuff over race pace, not crazy over, but over mm. five, 10 seconds, okay, mm. a mile. Yeah. Um, and, for long periods of time. So for specificity, is there anything more important than that? Yes, yeah. the workouts are hugely important. We know mm. that. The, the quicker we can get Harry's um, 5,000 time down, the better he's going to be on the road. But he's yeah. got to be doing that specificity yeah. of work. He um, The five days, this will be interesting, and we'll get you to give us updates when you're over there, just in blogs or emails. Um, the 
the five days recovery is that just easy jogging? Ah, uh, yeah. So two runs a day, and um, yeah, so roughly two hundred k's a week. But um, it's recovery, and he he likes his athletes to write down how their how their bodies each day, mm-hmm. what they're feeling, and and he goes off that for the for when he's for ready when they're the ready cycle. to yeah when they're ready to to start a new cycle or ready to do another session. So he's. He's big into like not um, just having a set program. It's you know it's listening to your body and and obviously you know these sessions that he's that Sandra is doing. He's built up over a, a long period of time to get to that. Um, he's he would have just started out running two hundred k's a week, um, just jogging. So um, he's definitely built up to that. Um, so I wouldn't recommend anyone going out there no. doing a big session like that. Um, so yeah no thanks mate and you said that really well and what we speak about so often uh, for regular listeners is that look it's it it's all relative to the individual of course mm. you can take something from Canova or whoever is is using the methodology and say I can taper this into my training a little bit but there's no point going from 40k a week yeah you're right to doubles and triples and and yeah. 200k a week but what I love and what we always talk about is the ability to see where you're at in this moment in time as, as, a, as an organism. And Canova, there's no doubt that he would do it better than most, but mm. he would take that athlete's information. If Harry's feeling a five out of 10 still, and his, his heart rate's a bit higher at rest and all this, well, he's not gonna, he's not ready for cycle one, mm. uh, cycle two, sorry. Yeah. So he'll, he'll just keep jogging easy until he yeah. feels good again. Yeah. And it's that simple. Um, too often we hold ourselves to some ridiculous account and then running becomes that's when running becomes a chore Mm. that's when we speak about perceived rates of exertion and all these things um bikili says that the best 90 percent on day one is going to be very different at 90 percent on day five it could be slower that's Mm. fine it's how you feel on that particular day okay so if i'm running um four minute k's at quote unquote a pre of 90 percent then it might be forming at 20s the next day if, if, or Wednesday, the next workout day, whenever. It's about how you feel on that day and you're not, you're only going to do yourself a disservice and hit the point of diminishing returns really bloody quick mm. if you keep yourself locked in to some set program that's not going to allow you time to adapt, recover, yeah. super compensate, improve yeah. and the like. If Harry needs eight days and and Bob in the corner needs five, well, that's, how, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely why he's reaped such success. Now, he's had many, many Africans as well run some ridiculously good times. But Moen is obviously currently his most famous. Yeah. and he's. But um, a lot of really good disciples of Canova, like Brad Hudson and other run, running coaches as well, have come out of his system. Um, how's he go? Is he good with his English and that? Because he, how's um, he go for that? Look, he's, he obviously... <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he's... he's, he's um, you have to... Um, He's very, um, but when you talk to him, he's. So when I when I went went out to dinner with him, I asked him, you know, about the training and and he doesn't just give one answer. He gives he gives a hundred answers. So he, he talks about well, you know, the reason why you adapt and the reason why you do it and and the reason, um, uh, um, you know. So he gives you he gives you evidence evidence and and. Um, and likes to give you the science behind it as well. So, um, no, his his English is um, is is fine to listen to. Um, uh, I think like um, the, the I, I spoke to him the other day actually on the phone, and he um, he was just telling me for 
for the next few weeks um he just wants me to run 30k a day and two runs so either 15k um in the morning or a 15k in the afternoon um or a 10k in the morning and 20k in the afternoon so just jogging and then doing hills three times a week so uh 20 second uh hill reps just to build your strength and then it just goes from there um so he he's kind of starting you from scratch and he's building you up gradually to those sessions um because i said to uh, when i was speaking to him was i gonna you know go do you know the four times 7k session and, and he says no 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 just just you take it easy step by step so yeah um Nah, he's he's definitely got a lot of knowledge, and um, he's coached uh, he coached the world record steeplechaser. Um, he's coached Wilson Kipsang, who ran a two o four marathon, um, and he's coached a few others that have run two o three for the marathon. So yeah, Kipsang uh, held the world record for a few months as well, I think, before yeah. Kometo took it off in in twenty fourteen. But um, and he's he's got a couple others that. Oh, their name escapes me now, but I'll quickly Google it while you're talking. Uh, in 2010, 2011 type eras, the really good Africans. But um, I love his methodology. I love the way he goes about it. It just makes sense. Yeah. And again, it won't work for everyone, which is why no. he's got 100 answers, which is this is what I love about him as well. He's never he's never just um, a slave to one particular yeah. um, system. He's yeah. got 100 answers because he's probably got an hour to talk about it, and he wants, yeah. to, he wants to give you the right answer for the individual. Yeah. Um, Love that he's so you've you've already jumped on his his system in Melbourne. Um, so for you as now, because remember, listeners, he's the London Marathon is the end goal at the moment. Yeah. Um, Zadapec, you will race in December. Zadapec, I will race. Yeah. Which is the ten thousand is the national champs again yeah. every year. Yeah. So Zadapec is the t- national champs December. Um, not Olympic Park anymore, Lakeside, Lakeside, yep. of course, um, athletics track, which is a beautiful stadium there. Yep. So we'll get a few runners crew on to watch Harry in Melbourne. But the London is the end goal in yep. April. So this is why it's another reason. Yep. But this is only going to help your track running as well as you as you continue yes. on, if that's something you want to do. So um, I mean, yeah. So in the past, a lot of uh, a lot of track runners have stepped up to the marathon and have run PBs in their 10ks and 5ks. Um, uh, it's just the you know base you get and just the strength you get from it so um i'm i'm that type of runner um i i, I go i go better off that, that kind of strength training so um i think the marathon training will, will help my 10k um but in saying that everyone's different like everyone if i can't handle the 200k weeks and the long runs and and that kind of shows me that you know, I'm not built for the marathon, and and but I definitely know in the past that I can bang out real fast long runs and pull up um, really well. So that 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 definitely um, says that I work well off that kind of training. Um, but yeah, so London will um, will be interesting. So I, I will I will um, how my progress is going and shape, but I believe that. Um, for my for my um, prep in Kenya, I'll probably go for two o nine or two eight eight in in London. Um, that that's just a just a, a rough guide for what I want to do. Um, but if I'm in Kenya and I'm getting stronger every week or every month, um, 
Yeah. Um, who, knows? who knows? Who knows what can happen? Yeah. That's right. And yeah. what have we got? Four Aussies that have. You got uh, Troopy, Moners, Deke, and yeah. Clayton. I think who's gone under two ten apart from. So and he, but he, you just you form on the track would suggest that with the right training, yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, oh, that, that was my next question actually. Yeah. I was going to ask the sub two ten goal. Yep. Yeah. Um. I, I think my biggest breakthrough was um, City Surf. So. Um, I think the track, the track races didn't really give me uh, justice for what shape I was in. Um, but I definitely think um, I had a breakthrough with uh, City to Surf. So I ran 40 minutes for the City to Surf and um, uh, that's about 250 per K pace. And the great Steve Monaghetti um, ran that time as well, the same, um, the same time. So uh and that year he went on and ran a 208 marathon and, and he was in the best shape of his life so that definitely showed me that i was in that roughly around that shape um and um i believe that you know from the training from renato and training kenya that i can come back and run a 39 in the surf so yeah, it's this definitely, is massive. yeah so there's definitely um a lot of room for improvement yeah i um neglectfully left out the city to surf course record now you end up getting it by a second didn't you they um, ratified well look the the course was different uh this okay. year and um back in the 19 so back when monas ran the record uh they started um in front of the intersection where the timing mat was um and we started 15 meters behind that because they've got to... Um, I, w I wondered why it was so confusing that next 24 hours because I, I, yeah. different reports of you had broken the record, no, he'd equal the record. Yeah. But either way. Yeah. It, that's, uh, either way, <laughs> it, you know, I was happy with He's in ridiculous shape and, as we yeah, speak. Yeah. Um, uh, City of Surf's are obviously iconic here in Australia, so the general population listeners out there, you can really relate to how fast this man is at the moment and we've spoken about his ceiling many times today already. Just imagine under one of the great coaches in the world. And just imagine having five, six years of continuity, great man. Like, he's not even 30, not even close. So imagine yeah. at 35, 36, the road is probably where you'll end up, especially, yeah, um, look, you're right. If, if, it, if a couple of years go by and you keep, maybe maybe we assess it then. But I definitely sub 210. Yeah. Um, like that's a great analogy. I, yeah. The Monas the Monas comparison's really good. Yeah. You, you've run exactly the same time there you've got more building to do yeah and he's a two eight man as well so yeah. it's um it's that's really really exciting with that i was i was going to get there there but with the city to surf and those kind of things you're holding 250 pace you're racing on the track at 240 mid tell me those easy days and easy jogs this is going to be really important for some guys at home tell me some of the easy jogs just how slow they get um some days um, so most most easy days would be, I would I would say four twenties, four tens, and um, race race day for ten k. Let's say it would be two forty fives or two forty sixes. So um, I th think like with um, it depends what age category you're in, um, but think with the runners like with the professional runners and elite runners that they have a um 
a more of a, a maximum speed where they can go faster and their jogs are um, very close to to a lot of other people. So, um, yeah, so I think you've definitely got to have your your easy days easy and your session days, one session a week where you're simulating that race pace. Um, but you never want to be racing in, in the sessions. Um, so, yeah, so it's... It's about listening to your body. You don't want to be, you know, obs- you don't want to obsess over your, you know, how high your heart rate is or how, um, what pace you're going at. Looking at your watch all the time. Just go out there off feel. Um, a lot of the Africans do that. A lot of, the, um, and you know, works for them. So, and that's 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 how I approach my training. I, I always go off feel, and I uh, if. If and if I'm if I feel like it's easy and I'm running 340s, then then that's easy for me. But um, yeah, that's that's a great answer and so true. And we say it all the time: subjective is king. You know how you're feeling, mm. and don't be obsessed. Unfortunately, with the days of Strava and all this stuff, unfortunately, yeah, it pro- it's probably it's probably like we know that that grey area of of going too hard on your easy days. It's mm. it's absolutely it's it's counterintuitive to performance and all that. So. Don't if you don't want to. Strava's made people obsessed with garments and times yeah. and everything. So let's just remember it's an easy jog, and it's when we soak up the stresses of the workout. The not racing in the workout's another great, great tip. So he's he's left you with lots of nuggets already today, but not racing every bloody workout. Um, yeah. The specificity of the long run has its place in that nine to twelve yeah. week period that uh, Harry's going to be doing so much work with Canova over the next five six months, but doesn't mean he's racing every long run Mm. he's working towards an end goal and he's got that task in mind on that particular long run day and then he's going to go and run the next five days at 420 430 pace Mm. that's a minute and a half or more slower than race pace per k so um really good advice there big fella that's massive we're gonna we're gonna have a few quick fires i just want to know um four or five things moving forward big goal for 2020 firstly we spoke about london there's a little thing in tokyo happening as well that might be on the on the on the list mate so oh, yeah, fill yeah. us in on 2020 um um so i think 2020 2020 will just be i think the marathon um coming down from kenya um and then i've got uh tokyo olympics so um, I'm trying to qualify for the 10k and the marathon in Tokyo Olympics, um, and I mean I'd be happy with with either event. Um, I'm not going to be fussy like to get to if if I want to go do both. But um, yeah, so the main focus here yeah, for next year is uh, the Olympics in Tokyo, um, and if if I make it in the marathon, I think that would be um, amazing over there because. They love their marathon running, um, but if I if I make it in the ten um, and I miss out on the marathon, then then that's that's just a bonus as well, you know. If you make it in both, Harry, what oh, will if, you race? Uh, if I made it in both, I'd have to ask Renato, but I think it would be the marathon. Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. and it's always one of those questions like you know, where's your best chance to to go higher in the yeah. placings and. And um, yeah, look, we can't talk because you're going to be a very different athlete in, in eight months' time yeah. than what you are yeah. today. And 
we're talking about two eights, two nines, but who knows? Yeah. Like, who, who knows what it is? It could be a lot quicker than that as well. So, which is really exciting for Australian distance running fans because, um, like, the amount of the amount of toughness and talent in the bloke sitting across the road from me is unbelievable. Real quick questions, buddy. Um, we talked about your favourite session. We spoke about this. Your favourite session to do. Um, mm. It doesn't matter. I guess the one you derive the most benefit yeah. from, but also the most enjoyable. Um, I would say probably uh, um, I'd probably say the I would say the yeah 1k reps <laughs> 1k reps a good old staple yeah. a good staple have you got a, a number and a recovery period uh, so 8 times 1k and just a a minute um, minute recovery. easy jog yeah. easy yeah. walk what do you, easy, just easy, easy jog. Easy yeah. jog. When you're feeling good, give the listeners an indication of what those one k reps will be at. Um, it would be roughly quicker than ten k pace, so around two forties. Two forties. And are you, you um, kicking down as we go, or are you keeping um, rather I'm consistent? Just keeping them consistent. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think you need to to kick down on on. Uh, any of the 1k reps um, I think um, if you if you go too hard in the last last rep you can you can always pull a hammy or something but um, yeah uh, I think that's probably my stable session great and answer. my best session so yeah just on the last thing about the sessions I love Canova's work on the speed heels as well the 20 22nd hills mm. um, and that kind of nervous system stuff have you done much of that before Renata, like, um, or more distance hills. Uh, Sean, Sean Williams used to give um, uh, sessions like that, so thirty times like um, twenty seconds. Yeah. So yeah, he he, uh, we used to do that once a week, and um, that got you pretty strong. Uh, Very strong. But um, I think I definitely think it's just a it's it's a building phase, so it's not going to be the key sessions. It's just going to be building up to those key sessions and um, just the strengthening tool. 100%. But it enables you later down the in the more special period, specific period, yeah. to be able to really hold yeah, really 200k hold weeks it. at yeah. pace and yeah. a lot of that stuff as well. Yeah. Really good. Now, we've spoke about the future in 2020. What do you feel like the um, future holds for you over the next four to ten years, I guess? Um, we spoke about the marathon and is it purely running? Is there anything else that you're, you're keen on doing, big fella? Um, I definitely want to um, get more involved in mental health and and helping others. Uh, um, I want to do. I'd love to be an ambassador or, or and do a lot of talks around for for people. Um, it, you know, um, but yeah, um, I'd love to you know get involved in something like that, helping others and um, even you know I I think like I. Lo- Look, anything's you know possible, but ten years time, um, you know, hopefully I'll still be running. Um, I'd I'd love to be still at that competitive level. Um, so I know I need running, and I and and, and it helps me a lot. So um, I've I've realised that, and um, and so to be a competitive a competitive athlete and have that focus would be fantastic, and to to have a career with it would be would be great travelling around the world, but. Um, I've got this uh, business um, that I'm trying to build uh, called Flying Fit um, with a good friend of mine, uh, Tony Langlin. Langlin. He's uh, 
he's a coach. Um, he's my coach uh, um, with Whitey at the moment. Um, so he, um, me and him have, have come together to try and build this business where we're doing marathon tours. Um, so if you ever want to do a major marathon like Boston, London, uh, Chicago, we can guarantee you entries. We can guarantee you um, accommodation and um, treatment and a VIP service all in a package um, just to give that that runner a great experience for their first marathon or, or um, you know, so, so yeah. Um, but, yeah, like um, I definitely want to want to get involved in um, helping others and, and mental health as well, yeah. Mate, yeah, that's a great answer. The helping others and mental health and the running side of it, you'll yep. be doing for the next 60 years, buddy. I've got yep. no doubt about that. Loving the, um, loving the business as well you mentioned that on the phone the other day to me that's that's a great idea and we've got um like hundreds of people in this in this headquarters in melbourne but also our online guys you'd be all over that kind of stuff and an experience is at the end of the day is what we all we want to derive from running like we the day-to-day bliss we get from running and then those big experiences a couple of times a year yesterday we had 62 melbourne that experience but Traveling overseas with like-minded people, yeah, experiencing yeah. things for the first time. The VIP service is a nice little yeah. add-on as well. Yeah. Like experience what it's like to be an elite athlete yeah. or, or get some of the, the, the um, I guess, the perks, you yeah. might say, for um, loss of a better word. But yeah. really, really cool. So runners will make sure we get around that business yeah. as well when you're ready to go. Obviously, you've got to put a lot of your energy in yourself the next yeah. six months. Yeah. But as the business starts to... Let that organically grow, I reckon. Just let it grow um, slowly over time because I really think over the next six to 12 months, you've got to put a lot of your energy in yourself. Harry mentioned he wants to be running in 10 years at the level. That is, there's nothing sure than that. Um, I think the listeners that haven't heard of Harry, I know most of you would have, but if you haven't already, then please really get get around him on the the socials because he does do so much for... um, for mental health and just the people that he wouldn't have reached out like i know people have reached out to him and thanked him but there's a lot of people that haven't um wouldn't have yet and it's not about that he doesn't want to do it for that but there's a lot of people that would suffer in silence Mm. and that would uh harry would have changed their life for the better already um and even if you feel you just want to get around him as a running fan because um he's going to give australian athletics um, a lot to talk about over the next 10 years. There's some national records in his sight, no doubt, yeah. and I reckon there's two in particular I reckon that will be really in danger, well, and I think yeah. you know what they are. Well, Mention those. Ronaldo, Ronaldo said, the first thing he said to me, he said, he said, before you join my group and before I, I coach you, I want you to believe that you can run 27.15 for 10K a 59 half and a 205 marathon and I, I do believe I can do that so um, yeah um, it, I, th- I do believe there's there's no limits and I think you know it's a, a lot of it's in your mind and, and Renato said 70% of the marathon is in your mind and it's mental so um, you definitely have to train your mind to to believe that and and to to chase it yeah Thank you so much. He hasn't got a few more. He's, he's travelled down to Edafail today, which is we, we're grateful for, mate. But also, um, you, your days are limited when you're in Melbourne. So to give you me a couple of hours of your time has been magnificent, mate. So thank you. No worries. No, thanks for having me. Let's, um, let's all fire, Halloran. And hopefully you got a lot out of this episode. Um, but again, if you do need to, in those show notes, Beyond Blue, 
um, and it's okay not to be okay and lifeline numbers are all there um, and please reach out to someone um, if you do need help as always listeners um, do something today whether it's running reading meditating that's going to make you much much better tomorrow That's it for this week. Thank you to host Rick Mirabella and runners.com for this week's episode. A reminder that support is available from the links in the show's description. Next week, we speak to Brad Sykes, a junior sports development coach and active member around local sports groups trying to change the culture of keeping things bottled up. Until then, thanks for listening.